0: Hey, traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, August 1, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have several things to discuss today. The first order of business is, and let's go back to what we laid the groundwork or framework for last night, which is August has the possibility to be another large month. It can be a retracement, if sorts, of the recent up move. What are we using as a gauge for now? Well, we use the current high. The high was made last week. The high is 459.44. Start getting above, closing daily above. And that concept is on hold up until the point in which we see a sign and or signal of a trend change. Last week's signal, if you will, this candle, was somewhat of a signal of a trend change, but we have to keep in mind that the market is still in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's over. The trend is the dominant thing. Even if you have a trend change signal on a daily chart or an intraday chart, doesn't mean you just change the trend on the weekly chart. You could have a two or three day pullback and they go right back up. And that's what happened time and time again in an uptrend. At some point, however, the market will begin getting below certain places that open the door for lower prices, like the floodgates situation, the rubber band situation, the Irene situation. The rubber band situation is simple. If you just visualize this, you stretch a rubber band, you stretch it, you stretch it, you stretch it. One of two things has to happen. Either you stretch it too far and it breaks. That's if the market hits some downside numbers that it starts getting below and closing below. You're going to have a flood of sell orders hit the market. That's the rubber band breaking. Conversely, the rubber band either breaks or the flip side is it snaps back. And you have a rip-roaring rally back to the upside in a short-squeeze type of situation. We know the upside. If they start pushing up and closing above last week's high, then certainly that's going to promote higher prices. We have 460, big fat round number, just above the high. And then we have 462, which is a pivot we looked at last night. We looked at half a dozen or a dozen times over the last couple of weeks. You see it on the weekly chart. And here it is. It's the next pivot in the sequence. The high is 462.07 to be precise. We go from pivot to pivot when we have nothing in between. This pivot high is 457.83. They're below that now. However, this is a weekly chart. Therefore, that's a weekly pivot. And it matters what happens by the end of the week. Just in case you don't realize, last week's close, and there are no accidents. ...or coincidences. Let's so you can see the numbers. Last week's close was 456.92. They closed the week below. Intro week, they spiked it above. No accidents or coincidences. If they close a week above an important pivot, call it, not every time, but we can call it somewhat, and using the 80-20 rule, the majority of time, you could call it a trigger point. It's kind of like the market giving you a flare-up in the air that says, hey, look... I was able to close above or below this certain place for the week, not just the day. That should give you added confidence of the importance of that close against that place. Here's the little tiny strange thing that's going on, at least from a visual perspective on this chart. So you had that big reversal candle on the 27th. Then you have a gap higher open and you've basically been stuck for the third session in the middle of this range from high to low. It's actually above the middle of the range of that big reversal candle. So the question is what's actually going on and we need to peel back the onion. We need to look at other charts to get a better determination of what some other timeframes are saying. If it's unclear on the one you're looking at, the market's always going to provide information. It just may not be providing it on the specific time frame you're looking at. Case in point, let's go down and see what the 240 has in store. Now, that same candle from the daily chart is now broken up in halves. Now, we could say a couple of things. While this is a down candle, meaning it's a red candle, but if you just look at the structure, forget the color. Just assume they're all black for a moment. Assume they're all white. It doesn't matter what they are. What you have is this. You have a move off the low because you had a gap open the next day, higher open. And now you have a bull flag pattern of sorts. Is she building energy to make another run or another attempt to get through the recent highs from last week? That's what you see on this chart. Forget the colors. Same thing on the 120 chart. You have a move off the low. You gapped higher. You have a flag pattern, a bullish flaggish pattern. We're just looking at what happened after the down move. Then you had an up move. If this was filled in, this would be green and you would have already recaptured this candle and this one from a down candle perspective is wiped off the table. What does that mean? Well, if for example, you had a big down candle and then you started putting in one of these flaggish, wedgish kind of things, we would be talking about another move in the southern direction. However... Since they closed back above immediately the high of this big down breakdown candle, guess what? It's off the table. It's not meaningful. It's in fact meaningless at this point. So what you do have is you have a move up from the lows that was a pattern inside a pattern negating the former pattern, the previous pattern. So guess what? That's a bullish pattern eating time off the clock above all the moving averages building energy for another move higher until further notice. When's the further notice? The further notice is if they get below these lows, below this channel here, this is your flag, get below that channel and it'll begin to wipe this pattern off the table. It'll open the door to come down here and fill the gap. You see how this works? I would earmark or bookmark that last few minutes and watch it a couple of times. It's important you have an understanding of what's going on and how the market works. How do you like them apples? Anything different spotted on the hourly chart? Absolutely not. It's the same thing we just discussed on the 120. It makes for a tough look, a tough situation from a daily chart perspective. So what we'll do is simply revert to the trend is your friend until it's over. And if she gets below this area, and we'll call it 455.06, and this pivot low is 455.49, so we'll say 455, and that will become apparent in a moment. When we look at the commentary from today, you'll see 455 come up in the commentary today from inside the numbers, and there's a specific reason. Not making this stuff up on the fly. If they get below 455, it's going to open the door to the gap and it changes the structure of what's going on that we looked at on the 120 and 240 and so on. Remember, apples. What's going on inside the numbers in the live room today? First order of business is did anybody make money today? If the answer was yes, post it under the video. Let's hear about the successes that are piling up in the live room and inside the numbers. In summary, we had a spider long trade. We had a Tesla trade. We had an AMD trade. Those were opportunities that surfaced during the morning session. Then we had stocks on the move, which we'll get to in a few moments. A nice bucket full of opportunities and trades today for members all over the place. Let me ask you this. If you're not, and I repeat not with an underline, an inside the number member or a live room member, I'm curious of something. How's your day going? If you're trading the markets intraday, if you're day trading, scalp trading, how's your day going? I'm curious to know. Early thoughts. Turn around Tuesday. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. The bull case was if she was going to get back to 457.70 or higher. We talked about what happened at the end of the day yesterday on Monday, but here's where the rubber meets the road. The flip side. Staying below 457.70 opens the door for a little zone between 455.85 and 455.45. Not exactly next door or close by to 457.70, but that was my zone today for a buy opportunity, for a bounce back in the other direction. You'll see later in the notes, the safety net down there was 455. Now you know why, you just looked at it. Since we think better in pictures, right of the vertical is today's activity. As you can see, the market opened up, went up, gave the impression she was going to go fill the gap left open yesterday, flipped around, went right down into the support zone, found support in the zone they were supposed to. 455.85, and the line you can't really see is 455.45. They came up a few pennies short. It's a small zone. Here it is. You had to bounce back in the other direction. Traders got paid accordingly. Numbers at zero dark 30. You show up with a plan of action. You exercise patience waiting for the market to do the thing you want in order to take the trade you want. That gives you a comfort level getting into a trade. You start a trade in an uncomfortable position and guess what? You're looking to get out. You're looking to get out of the uncomfortable situation, not just in trading, but anything we do. And what that does is it promotes bad decision-making while you're in a trade if you're uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable. Therefore, you have to exercise patience because you have to wait for the market to do the thing that's going to give you the highest probability of success. That's what we do in the room each and every day. We wait for the market to give us the thing that makes the most sense, that has the least amount of risk, with the highest amount of probability from an intraday scalp with potential situation. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Now, is this a home run whopper trade? No, not exactly. It's 455.85. Up to the high was 456.65. So we're going to call it what it is. The math says it's 8 SP S&P handles. That's fine. Our scalp with potential is five to 7 SP S&P handles. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. Sometimes you get the rocket ride. Sometimes they come right back down. Either way, you pile up the base hits. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. That's what we're doing here. Remember, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. It was a pretty narrow range, all things considered, when the market slowed down and the participation waned. We got our pound of flesh, or several pounds, in the morning when you combine... Stocks on the move, opportunities that came up after the fact, and the spider trade, we did just fine. You pack it in, you go about your business. The market is like a store. It's open all day, but you don't have to shop there all day. It's not necessarily. You get in, you get out. You go home, you go on to the next thing. You don't need to shop there all day long. You'll end up spending money you don't need to spend. You'll end up making bad decisions, making up trades that don't exist when you sit there and stare at it all day long when there's no participation. So the thieves in the morning did the thing down in that zone. That's what I'm saying here at 9.09. So I want to see what happens. So guess what? We saw what happens. I saw what type of market it was. And still at 9.36, back down there is an opportunity for a spike the low and rip it back up from the zone beginning at 455.85. 85, 9.36. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. The exits are in there. The resistance is in there. Everything you need is in there. You take exits at the profit targets. You pile up the base hits, and you go about your business. If you're interested in trading during the trading day, day trade, scalp trades, utilizing inside the numbers, then you'll read the notes and go back to the chart to double-check the work. What about stocks on the move? Only had three on the board this morning, Tap, Rambus, and Uber. Uber flipped around right before or during the morning session before the opening bell, and so it was originally a short trade. It flipped around, never came close to the place, so it's off the board. It was a no trade. The other two, it says jump target, but we're going to take a look at those charts because not everything is as it seems. Rambus getting its buzz cut at the opening bell, opened below the first number, which takes this off the table, doesn't exist. They spiked the third number, so if you just think about it as an average, your average is down here at 51 and change. They spiked it pretty good. However, ripped it right back up in the other direction, and what you'll find is the high in this candle, for example, 55.76. That's some rip-roar and rally. We had pretty good participation in the room. We had members get paid handsomely in the room on Rambus about TAP. Haircut at the opening bell, 65.65. 65. The second number was 64. They came up a few pennies short, like five, and they ripped it back up in the other direction and they gave you the deal. Now they opened below the first level and never got to the second level, so officially. It's basically a no trade. However, we had traders in the live room that bought it up anyway, and they took a trade from down there in the zone. They're comfortable with halfway in the zone, towards the bottom. In the live room, for example, traders will ask me about specific levels, about specific prices. We have discussions about, does it really make a difference whether you wait for the exact number or not? Can you get in ahead of time a few pennies? Should you wait for a spike All those things are discussed in the room. I give you the numbers. I don't like to jump in front, but it's trader's choice how you use the information I provide. I'm giving you the mathematics. I'm giving you the chart stuff. I'm giving you the process. You have to design how you want to trade around my information. We discuss this in the live room each and every day. It all goes back to comfort level. AMD. Here's an example of what happened in the live room. AMD's on the move. Somebody puts it in the comment box. AMD. I take a look at the chart, and what do I notice? I notice a resistance price. Now, at the time we looked at it, it was like $2 away or something like that. But I said, hey, if they keep going, 17 dollars is a spot for a pullback. There's a trade up there on the short side. So it was rising, rising, rising. All of a sudden, it came right into the number, spiked it by a few cents. The high over here was 117.61. Immediately turned around, gave a buck and a half. I told them that in the room that 116 was possible. And you can see here, the low was 116.01, 116.01. Low here, 115.99. So traders got their exit, they got their entry, they got their profit, and they got their, Live room membership paid for the day, the week, the month, or maybe six months depending on how they traded it. Who knows? Here's what happened in Tesla today. Tesla's on the move. Wasn't something that came up on my radar screen in the pre-market. Somebody, one of the members brings it up in the live room. And just for shits and giggles, I put up 262.22 Guess what? Low in this candle, 262.22. A couple of minutes later, the high is 263.85. Nice little bounce. We gave them two numbers. You saw what happened. They came ultimately down to the second number and bounced off that one. Not tremendous, but nevertheless, identifying the numbers puts you ahead of the power curve. It gives you an advantage over the other shlomo's out there. Not that you're the shlomo, but the other people are the shlomo's. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about one of those, what's it called in trading parlance terms, flush and recovery? Still closed down on the day, but when you look at this, there was a buying frenzy going on in the IWM from the morning low right around 11 o'clock, give or take. The trend is your friend until it's not. There's really no new information in Camp IWM as it relates to yesterday's close. They were down from yesterday's close but not enough even to fill a bread box. No material change in the IWM. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. Flush and recovery. What did they do? Well, from a technical perspective, the way I look at it, first thing that jumped out at the chart at me is I look at where they went low today and I look over to the left and I see, well, here's the last breakup candle low in the sequence. They almost got there, didn't quite get there, but we could certainly calling that a test of the low of a breakup candle. Get below the low, close below the low, intra-day below the low, it opens door for the gap, 20-period moving average, and so on. No material change in the transports. Down half a percent after a rally-slash-run like this, you can't make a federal case at a half a percent. What about the Q people? Above all the moving averages, trend is your friend. Same routine as the spiders. Can look at it as building energy right in here, from that move, from that low last week in a bullish, flaggish kind of formation. It's the same conversation. It's the same general chart setup or pattern that we discussed in the SPY. No change. The financial space, flat on the day. Above all the moving averages, that's fine. They're eating time off the clock, giving the 20-period moving average a chance to creep up to price. However, we do know, and nothing's changed here either, we do know where they are from a bigger picture perspective, the weekly chart, right? We take yesterday's or last week's high, we draw a line over and we say, well, it's pretty obvious what they did. They're in the process of or have already done, run a test of the high of a big time weekly chart breakdown candle, and they're finding overhead resistance up in that zone. But if they don't get rejected, and they start eating time off the clock, right? Not really coming down, but just going sideways, hovering right around this 100-period moving average. They're going to be doing what? You got it. They're going to be building energy to make another push higher. No change. Smash mouth, up a little bit on the day, hovering around the highs, eating time off the clock, building energy to get through those highs. Unless something material happens on the flip side, meaning the downside, that's what they're doing. There's nothing you can see on this or any other chart that would suggest they're going to pull the rug out. They can pull the rug out. The rugs do get pulled out, but it doesn't mean you could see it all the time coming in advance. Nothing tells you anything bearish in the semiconductor space on the SMH chart. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.